along here to the Patriot game. It's been a few months. Um, it's good to have you back. We're going to talk topical this evening. We're going to talk about uh, the pending appointment potential of Bernard Higgins at Celtic, the relevance of the protest, um, and we'll also get tucked into the game at the weekend. I've got Pierce. He's actually moved over to Edinburgh for uh, <laughs> Dublin. Good to have you, big man. And uh, we've also got Lee over in Belfast as ever. Um, lads, we'll just get cracked into it. Lee, I'll go into you first, mate. What's your story? I'll keep them well, mate. Um, I've actually missed doing this. I'm, uh, it used to be last season where we were venting left, right and centre because of the state we were playing in, but um, everything's sort of sort of coming together now. The teams seem to be clicking. We're playing really good football. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to get stuck into the night, mate. I feel like I've so much steamed to that off and <laughs> <laughs> all five <laughs> listeners who include my, my dad and one of my best mates. This. <laughs> and us that's a lot but yeah can't wait to let up a bit of steam see what the crack is Pierce what about yourself mate how are you getting on yeah not bad that's, it's alright it just feels like ages I nearly forgot I nearly forgot to watch the website you know to get onto this thing, so. <laughs> so we always have we're, we're so professional the, the first uh-huh. of September or something the last time so what's that two and a half months since we've done one of these so obviously the, the fans want us back to be fair, we've been super busy. Like um, things have just ah, you moving over to the Scotland and stuff, you abandoning Mother Ireland, mate. <laughs> just did come in reverse. <laughs> but um, what did you think of the first of all starting off with the I don't think there has been a official statement basically or saying whether Bernard Higgins is gonna be coming on board. I think it's more sort of I think it's all they got their lock releasing to see what sort of feedback that we're going to get from the fans or what the Israel what's the story with that uh, to me it almost feels like they're almost trolling the fans the uh, it seems like a sort of sick wind up I mean they weren't the most vociferous in their sort of um, defence of the support initially when the offensive behaviour first came out but then officially they did take the stance that they were going to be against the bill um, I mean you've got there's no point we've lamented and went over it in great detail with different guests in the past about the effects and what it done but you can certainly say that it was a, a wasn't it just an illogical piece of legislation it was a very destructive and authoritarian piece of legislation that wasn't relevant or consistent in any other part of society apart from a football ground and to quote the SNP's Christine Graham she um, wanted the legislation and in her opinion, to even up the score. So you've got a situation where you could be arrested for anything that a police officer deemed offensive. And that could be for wearing a football T-shirt, to wearing a, singing a political song, right through to your mannerisms, for example. It was quoted as that you could be make the sign of the cross and be, arrest and be arrested. So it's not just that it impinged or impacted on certain groups like the Green Brigade or boys or whoever else it may be. It literally could have and did affect so many different people, individuals, group members, and such like, and it had a massive toll on their life, um, at like court hearings, financial implications, getting banned for the football, sometimes in some sad cases, breakups of relationships, and such like, and um, we've also seen things like dawn raids, and the person that orchestrated all that and coordinated that absolute grotesque and vile onslaught, predominantly on the Celtic support, but also on other football fans, and marginalised and criminalised them, literally for going to a game of football, was Bernard Higgins. And now you've got a situation where Celtic are going to reward that guy that criminalised Celtic fans by giving him a job as a safety officer for Celtic fans. It's absolutely perverted. It's like Myra Henley talking about child safety. It's completely and utterly bonkers. He should be nowhere near the job. He's an absolute cretin. If you're listening to this, I can't stand you. And um, I think the protest at the weekend was superb. I know people will disagree. I know that there's a quite a mixture of strong opinions. But what I would say for the impression and the feeling I got and the support that day I was standing at Dens 
I never seen a single person that really batted an eyelid. They got the the gist and the nuance of the banner. It was I thought it was quite articulate actually. It was it was a black and white literally, and it stated a fact that was pick your fans or pick this guy. The balls in your court. Balls went on, disrupted the game. People were saying, oh, you should have done outside the stadium. It would never have had the same desired effect, ever. So the reason that people are still talking about whether you like it or not, it done the job it needed to do, had the intended impact. And um, thankfully now people are talking about it. And hopefully the board will just take it a bit more seriously and understand the revulsion that the support have towards this absolute parasite who should be never near a paycheck itself. Going back to Livingston last week, the, the home game, um, even the, the protests at the Green Brigade done, <clears throat> staying silent for the first 30 minutes of the game, um, it shows the impact that, that they actually have um, at the home games. It shows, like, you know, the team obviously get right behind that. It'd be hard not to because of the incredible atmosphere that the that they create. But just seeing some comments on, on Twitter, one, one article in particular has has blown my mind over the last 24 hours. Um, the whole, what was the, the headline about not, not every Celtic fan has a PhD? It, was it Irish politics or was it the, Irish, Irish history? In Irish history. And basically, I found that very just, it was more like a kick in the teeth because you're used to seeing, you know, slamming headlines in, in the, the mainstream media and even on the likes of TalkSport. Um, I knew that I heard that there was going to be some fun. They were going to be talking about the, the protests at Dance Park in some shape or form. And yeah, so I tuned in and that again was just, it just like basically stunk of hypocrisy um, that you had the likes of Bill Lackey on trying to explain first and foremost the act. Um, he was asked a number of times what he thought of the act. Would he, you know, was he in support of it? It's the biggest like fence sitting situation I've ever seen in my life. He he refused to basically slam it for what it was, and um, the disgusting, just an absolutely atrocious act that basically ruined people's lives. He wasn't he wasn't coming across. He wasn't putting that across in any way, shape, or form. Um, and yeah, it was very it's very very hypocritical when you see the likes of Jim White, um, you know, talking about sectarianism is alive and well. In, in Scotland, as this is ex- his words exactly, when the same man was pictured wearing a loyalist flute band jacket in the, was it either the late 80s or early 90s with Mark Walters, yeah. and he's talking about sectarianism, yet he's standing in a jacket with one of the most bigoted racist organisations on the planet. Yeah, no, I think actually so that makes you're... a good point. Uh, sorry, just I think I'll bounce back to even last week because the heat I did, the banner on Sunday, obviously, like I wasn't the game, you were the game, man. Like the way spot in the main is quite like a hardcore. I think you can nearly say 95% of the way fans will have the same thought. But the big thing I noticed in the game last week, the Livingston game, was even people who don't join in with, like, with, with the songs at Parkhead, like even when I sit, like everyone like reacted to that banner last week. Like even like moderate kind of you know fans who just go and watch the game. It's just a ridiculous appointment. There's no thought process. At all behind that, like I can kind of see. Obviously, trying to get like someone who has experience of you know policing or something in Scotland. I presume it's Ronnie Hawthorne's job he's replacing, is it? But uh, yeah, he's just like that guy. They viciously went for football fans week after weekend and defended it in in a court or sessions of the of the court, saying that like these people would have been done for other uh, offences. Like no, no, they wouldn't. He, he just. They, he set out, and I know technically he's a, he's a public servant, and they can all say, oh, they were just doing what they were told to, but they, you, you could see them in Venom when he was doing that job. It was it was almost like it was personal. Oh, 100%. They've actually, it's just, they've, they've got a vendetta against football fans in general, and even the likes of, I know I don't, I don't really want to talk about that talk sport because I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of all, I'm not a fan at all of the show, but you had a public servant last week or the week before on speaking about the Green Brigade and he come off with this ridiculous comment that the Green Brigade bully the majority of the Celtic fan base. Just unfounded lies. And for me, another kick in the teeth is the refusal of Celtic, the Celtic board to come out and actually back the fans. Like it's, it's okay to sell. Do you remember the time we played at Barcelona for the 125th anniversary? That, the, the, I mean, that, that, that night was incredible. The display they put on the ground. It's okay to, to sell that in Celtic shops and sell that as merchandise. But when it comes out, when it's, when your city is in Lagos here and you haven't got one single representative of Celtic coming out in defense or just oh, basically JP sticking up for anyone. What's that? Sorry. 
JP did, but he, he's SLO. But there was no yeah. one for like... I, I wasn't... And I think we'd all be in agreement. We weren't really expecting anyone for the board. The board and the support are, are polar opposites. They couldn't be further apart in mindset and attitude and what the club actually means to them, the core values, everything. They, they give you lip service every now and again and they're quite good at marketing, sort of an Irish connection. But when it comes to their their what a distance this or whatever possible, that when people talk about things like Celtic being more than a club, Celtic's more than a club because the fans are just concerned with 90 minutes of football. It's a holistic thing. It's a way of life. We're talking earlier on about 95% of the away supporters in the same mindset. That's not just about your understanding of Celtic. That's about what Celtic represents. Celtic represents everything. It represents your politics, it represents your understanding, the way you carry yourself, so on and so forth. And I think there's been a sort of ignorance and a, a complacent silence for actually all of my lifetime and absolutely unequivocally predating that as well. The easy thing for elements of the media and the police and things like that now is that they can really go after and chastise groups like the Green Brigade because they're physically a group. It's easy. You can you can sit there sitting ducks basically. Yep. You can just blame them for anything. Whereas previously before, say in the jungle, when like if, if Roman and Coleman was getting sung, Broad Black Brim or whatever it may be, if there was any political displays, which there were, if you look back to the nineteen eighties when AFA were organising outside Celtic Park and when you had um like Tal Fanzine, when there was different things Celtic's always kind of had a correlated history with left-wing agitation generally and republicanism, always republicanism. Republicanism is at the very ethos of what Celtic started. If you look back to Michael Davitt, there's been an ignorance and a non-compliance to actually recognise and accept that. And then you've got these absolute freaks that get to come on and get a free hit at Celtic, predominantly the Green Brigade, because it's divide and conquer. Some people like to say, oh, I don't agree with their tactics, and yet the club, as you rightly say, will punt and sell every single display that they'll do and make absolute fortunes off it. They're easy to like for the board when they can make a couple of pounds off them, and they're easy to be silenced or chastised when it doesn't go their way. I, I was not expecting anything other than the police to come out and condemn them because they didn't want a guy that was their chief superintendent to be lambasted and criticised in a stadium that has 60,000 people in it. The one thing that really stuck in my throat, though, was Celtic fans getting a sort of cheap dig. And, I mean, the way I would kind of perceive it is that now, I'm not having a pop at certain people, right? Just generally, though, you were talking about the Green Brigade and the impact of an atmosphere. You remove that 3,000 and the, the, let's call it a brand, if you want. The brand they support they give the club is vociferous, it's loud, it's colourful, it's in your face, it's political, it's unashamedly left-wing, and it's Republican. The fans generally love it. They're incredible with their displays, and they generally back the team to the hill. Now, that's the way that they want to support the club. None of the three of us are members of the Green Brigade. So... It's not as if we've got some sort of biased vendetta, but if you look at the rest of the stadium, if they claim that the Green... I've heard some people claim that the Green Brigade lost us that game because we, the reason we never won was because they weren't singing. Now, these are the same people that go along every single week and never sing. We played so, that in the you, first half hour last week anyway, before yeah. the Green Brigade even sang. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's just easy, lazy excuses to be able to label it different elements of the support. And I... I Personally, I agree with the banner. I personally agree with the, the, the what they've done. It was justifiable because, again, it had a desired effect. And then Dens escalated, and I'm sure it probably will in the future until there's a degree of clarity that he doesn't get the job. But I just think that there's a sort of a rift in the support at the moment. And I would like, I'd love a situation where there was more sort of um, commonality because the club's doing better on the field. I would love to be able to see the same unit in the support. But it's also naive and extreme, I think, to expect it for all different facets of the support because some of the support just didn't get. And as far as the away crowd's generally concerned, the away crowd is absolutely consistent. The atmosphere, the understanding, the, the there's just a complete togetherness that you just didn't get at different parts of the home game. You see the same guys week in, week out, you go along, it's like a social club, and they've all got the same train of thought. So if you want to call it the core, probably is that, so you wouldn't get that revulsion for them. But some of the nonsense online supporting these absolute nobodies getting to take pop shots at Selic with no, no support. And by the way, these are the same people that collectively <coughs> support financially bankrolls of our football club. And yet, year after year, are taken for granted. And then where possible, I honestly think that silence is complicit. I, I think when they didn't support the support, they're basically just taking the side of the polis and giving a free reign to the media. This, to come out with some of the lies that they've been able to espouse recently and not even be challenged on it, it's just absolutely absurd. Do you boys think that the Celtic board have a lot the answer for in that situation? 
I think you're Absolutely. bang on the money. You're hundred percent right. But for me, it's the lack. It's the lack of clarity, like you said. It's complete silence. It's like yeah. again, you're left in the in the lurch. You don't really know what is going on with that appointment. Just like you know, like wind the fans up. Exactly. It's just like come out with something. Let us know exactly what's happening with with Bernard Higgins. Is you know because it hasn't actually been officially announced as any sort of anything. Just come out and basically give the Celtic fans a wee bit of clarity and stop this bullshit, like. Well, someone will ask the, next week at the AGM, and it'll, it'll be answered there. I presume that'll be the the answer to that. Be it. I, I think if he got, I'd be very shocked if he doesn't get the job. I think if he wasn't getting the job, I think by now they would have said he's not getting the job. So it's it's, it's a case of does he maybe want to take to reject the job? Maybe the pressure. Well, I don't think he would care. For me, the 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 crust of it is is very very simple. We could talk and you could you could discuss it for hours on end. Quite simply, I wouldn't really want any pig taking a job on the payroll at Celtic and having any job within the support, irrespective of whatever it may be. Irrespective of that, irrespective of that, the crust of it really is this: you're going to give a job to a guy that criminalised Celtic fans, and you're going to put that guy on the payroll. That is outrageous. It's as simple as that. That is a long and short. Of it you're going to reward a person that literally imprisoned your supporters within, under the remit of legislation that was rejected and repealed through Parliament, that was rushed in, that wasn't scrutinised, yep. it was put in by an authoritarian government that was hell-bent on their own power trip to be able to vilify football fans to garner votes and be able to put against the media again with a divide and conquer tactic. Yet the person at the head of that police force that was complicit in the criminalisation of football fans, predominantly Celtic, and now you're going to get a situation that a guy that oversaw Don raids, arrests, and the absolute and utter shameless criminalisation of innocent people that in any other any other area of society could not be arrested for the things they were arrested for at a football ground, and subsequently gave them lifetime criminal records, and in some cases suspended sentences or jail time, is now going to be rewarded by a really lucrative contract yeah. and financially endorsed by a club that officially rejected that legislation. So. They have to have a word with herself and I hope that the protests do escalate if he gets a job and hopes I hope he's physically chased to Celtic Park. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, fans against criminalization are on Twitter and they put up a fantastic video a day. It's a real insight into yeah. some fan experiences from different clubs. Hibbs fan, a fourteen year old boy who was arrested for running on the pitch after Hibbs won their first ever Scottish League, uh Scottish Cup, sorry. Um fourteen year old who the police basically made his life hell. Um, so for anyone interested in that, follow fans against criminalization on Twitter, and you'll hear um some shocking insights into what that what that act um did and what it how it destroyed so many lives. Um, but again, it's sort of I think as well we need to mention um the uh, remembrance this remembrance Sunday. Absolute. Let's let's discuss that. Like you know, it's very it's a it's a massive topic <coughs> at at the minute. I believe that. This thing, you know, once a man talks about there a few minutes ago, we spoke about Bill Lackey was on talking about things. And Bill Lackey actually came off and I'll quote, he says that football and politics shouldn't mix in, in, in that 90 minutes. Um, and in the, exactly. And the same <laughs> breath, five minutes later, uh, Jim White came off with, with the comments, the usual comments that sell like an embarrassment and a disgrace for not um, staying silent for. Um, Remembering Sunday, so I mean, what is it? Is it? It's it's just sheer hypocrisy. The absolute hypocrisy just stinks. A, just, I just can't like. My personal opinion, if I've only been in one game now, when there was a, a minute silence, I, I would stay outside. That would be my thing. But if like anyone wants to do or do whatever they want, fine on me. But to be perfectly honest, I would stand there in silence uh, with more respect for the occasion. If Celtic didn't give ten grand to that every year, that that to me is a bigger issue than. Then out now, so I would rather Celtic didn't give any money. And if Celtic didn't give any money, I would go, yeah, I'll, I'll stand there in silence, or else I'll just stand outside for a minute. See another thing, the fucking Dundee fans. So the boo, the boo, some Sally fans who there was obviously ones are who did stay saying it, and there was obviously ones are who was singing the Maganespe, which I think is a very apt song to sing. Um, a young man murdered by um, British forces, an innocent man walk on the Gaelic ground, um, and yeah, it's just you know. The, the boo some Celtic fans for not, you know, like I said, remaining, sorry, remaining Senate. And then on the, on the same five minutes later, two minutes later, they, they then boo the Celtic team for taking the knee. <laughs> that right there is hypocrisy. That right there stinks. 
we talk in this society about freedom of expression, freedom of choice. It's your choice if you want to wish to remain silent during a minute silence. It doesn't have to necessarily be foisted on you. And the hypocrisy to talk about leaving football out of a football ground while putting things like cannons into stadiums, having Brits walking on, you've got paratroopers coming on with colour parties into most football grounds. The absolute revulsion that I have towards the normalisation of British militarism and imperialism in this country and down in England is just astonishing. And it, if you look back to when it was sort of created, it was created on the back of this, the Iraq war because there was no support for the legal occupation of Iraq or the colonisation of Afghanistan, which was which was a violation of international war crime. Or if you look at what they've done in Syria, Yemen, Libya, Palestine, and then when you go back to Ireland, and the fact that there's still 5,000 Brits stationed in Ireland. If Celtic fans don't want to recognise people that indiscriminately murdered their family members, if they do, even if you remove Celtic's connection with Ireland, and by the way, we should never downplay that. As far as I'm concerned, Celtic are still an Irish club that play in Scotland. And um, we never took the soup like the Harris Warners. We say like should the, certainly the support should remain unapologetically Republican in their outlook. But primarily, even if you remove the connotation of Ireland, me personally, <clears throat> as an anti-imperialist and a socialist, I wouldn't want to stand and, rem and remember people that were used as cannon fodder, working class laddies that were sent over to the different corners of the world to indiscriminately murder people for political or financial gain. It's absolutely and utterly perverted that we can normalise it to this point, but then foist on football fans. And if you reject it, then you're called a bigot or embarrassing or whatever they may whatever they may say. I have absolutely no problem at all in Celtic fans um, rejecting it being foisted upon them. I have absolutely no problem at all in Celtic fans singing app songs, as you say, like Eddie Maskinespe, or all the Republican songs that were on the songbook the entire day. And thought, in fact, I thought it was outstanding the songbook the other day there, and. To me, it just highlights that there's a core support still within Celtic that just aren't prepared to accept that. And I have absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. As I say, I go back to it. Celtic should be and should always be the support, should be unapologetically unrepentant in their support against foisted imperialism, your, your, this notion and need that you need to support these people. You absolutely don't. It's not necessarily about World War One, which, by the way, has been romanticised to the death. It was, it was absolute slaughter to support armament makers around Europe predominantly after the fall of Hungary. And then if you look at the situation in the Second World War, people talk about a fight for fascism, and yet the concept of fascism now is that pop is if to be put on your strip, you must stand in silence. It's not about the First World War or the Second World War. It's the support of all forms of British and imperialism, and for as long as that remains, I would advocate and support any Celtic fan that refuses to celebrate that. Go ahead, Martino. That's me fired up. That's me not sleeping at night. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the football, what are we thinking about the way we're playing currently? Pierce, what are you, what's oh, your what's real. your thoughts on it, mate? I, I suppose the last time we did one of them, we were three points behind them. That was the first international break. <coughs> Second international break, we were six points behind them, and then this international break, we're four points behind them. Uh, I I think they're crap. And if, if Celtic can't win a league against them, there's something seriously seriously wrong. Because they, our problem is the stupid goals, but like, see when we click, it's just frightening to watch, isn't it? That got that Kogo second goal on Sunday was. In my I'd give a goal the season. I'd just walk away. But the, the move of the play, just when it clicks, it's it's it, it seriously clicks. And I know Lee, you're the biggest fan, and some of us have joined the joined the train and left, and now I'm back on at this stage. But uh, <laughs> after he gets after he gets over this, I a difficult four season season. Like just there's a serious team in there, like. It's just, it's just, it's a joy to watch at times, isn't it? You just, you can't like compare it to like this time last year. I think we got beat by <clears throat> Ross County maybe this day, this week last year. Was it two 0 two all game? But by the man who took six hundred grand out of the club to get sacked. That's Mister Celtic Pierce. I dare you. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. See, even though you said Kyogo's second goal, see his first goal, that header, that header was absolutely outrageous. The ball just. Ralph, oh my god, <laughs> Danny Ralvez, he's the second coming of Jesus, mate. Charlie Adam, I, I don't know. I've seen a few boys on Twitter saying that once that goal went in, apparently gave it right up to Charlie Adam. Beautiful, oh, I did. Beautiful content. I, I think every almost every single Celtic fan needs to give an apology. By the way, I will say, I still don't think that um, he's a long term answer. I think he's been class, I think he's having the season of his life. 
more credit to the laddie's mentality to be able to come back for the level of torture they got. Because let's be honest, every single person thought he was so limited, he was bare basic. And most guys were calling him for him to have a CSCS card working a building site. He was just, he was <laughs> so far off the pace. Aye. And um, I mean, he wouldn't have stood it in the game that we play at seven asides, and it's woeful. So <laughs> the. I, I just there's something you just have to give it to him it's not even the fact that he's made, been able to push his way into a team that's kind of a wee bit depleted in these certain positions it's more the fact his consistency of performance been unbelievable yeah, fantastic the day, there two assists he also hit the post with Jota's goal he's all round play he doesn't really lose the ball that often I mean he's, he's not the most technically gifted player but he's able to beat a player he's physically strong he's compact and he gives you 10 out of 10 on effort every week and for as long as he's in the team fair play to him but I still think we need to shore up the defence. There's too many stupid balls that yeah. we just concede lazy goals. But yeah. I think three signings, if we get three decent signings in January, there's a making of a team there. We still need a centre half, we need a left back, and I still think that we need a defensive mid. And if possible, if I was being really greedy, I'd go and look for a 10. But um, we just I give him a new left I don't know, I don't know how we. I was just going to say that it just boggles my brain. What 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 I've seen him at training, he is he's so bad. Woeful. Like I I didn't really like Lambaston and Celtic players. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want them to be good. He is not anywhere close to the level of Celtic. And no disrespect to other teams, but he wasn't that great. Kilmarnock, his level might have been say a Dundee United or something like that, he, and maybe even an Aberdeen. He is not good enough to play at Celtic. I've never once seen him beat a man. I would love if he's the fourth to best left back in the club for me. Juranovic, who's a rifle, is a better left back. Yeah, Ballingall, he's a better left back. And Liam's a better left back. Agreed. Joe Hart's a better left back. <laughs> Callum McGregor's a better left, left back. back as well. Well, maybe no one last night showing for Pierce, but I think generally, Chest and I am Pierce. I think, uh, no, to be fair, it was woefully. I think. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Call me worse than me. <laughs> uh, I'm like Frankenstein with chewing gum on his feet. I think generally you, we, we need to look at a, a recruitment and you didn't need to be rewarding these guys that are just hopeless there's no problem in binning them if they're not good enough like your sorrows of this world tailors and all that sort of stuff get them out rid them for the club um, and try and build something quite special I think there's a nucleus there you need to get a deal done for Jota first and foremost that's the most important oh, bit of business Jesus. we need to do he is ridiculous uh, if, we, if we get him on a three or four year deal because I know that we've got the option whether they uh, afford us the opportunity to take it up if we get him on a deal, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a buyback clause. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if he only stayed for a season or two. He's not I was going to say, he get a year. Yeah, he's a serious, serious player. And he's only going to improve. And when, see, when the three of them click, it's just Ridiculous. a nonsense. Aye. And they'll, they'll only get better. And if we can shore up that defence and have a wee bit more rigidity, I thought, to be fair, Beaton was actually all right the other day there, but... You need to be able to move the ball quicker. McGregor's no good as a six. He's, well, he's, he is, obviously. He's, I, I kind of rate him high enough, but he's, he's not utilised in his best position as a six. Yeah. He plays in an eight-and-a-half turn, and you could get someone like a Rodgick or another 10 in, and then yeah. someone behind it can just shore that up. And they're always shown to take the ball quick, because that's I think that's a big problem. With a partner in the play going forward, middle to front, I think is really good. I think sometimes it's too lazy and too predictable. We've seen that against Livingston. When teams sit in there and are compact, we struggle to we, we run out of ideas at times. We don't have a plan B. You see no. the difference that someone like Rogic makes. Rogic's always willing to take the ball, run into tight spaces like the game against Tibbs. He's got the feet to be able to beat a player, but then he can just find the wee pockets and just split the passes and he just makes things happen. When you didn't have players of that quality in the positions, I think sometimes we struggle against teams that sit in. Um but I think there's a I think there's a nucleus area team and I'm, I'm fairly confident and to be fair I, as Pierce says if we can't beat that mob they're serious I couldn't care if he stays if he goes I couldn't care what they do I'm not interested in them in the slightest if Celtic kick on and put a run of games together we should be winning that league we've got a far better team than them they're absolutely <clears> hanging I, I, I couldn't agree more I've been saying this <laughs> you had said this I said this last season um, I, I don't rate them as a football team whatsoever. Um, I think they're very limited. I think that, that like they have a wee oh, core group of players there who stick their task. But wonder what is it something like the last eight games they've conceded first? Is it something ridiculous like that? Or is it like eight or the ten games they've conceded I mean they conceded 
Ross, can I do the brother, weekend they played? Brother Beaton just gives him a penalty or red card somebody for nothing. I think before Sunday they drawn the last three games at home, but I suppose we can't. Some of our, our home form is maybe the stuff that might cost us because we're a bit like. Remember at the weekend towards the end of Rogers, we were better away because teams came out and yeah. had always when things yeah. sit in. Like we can't like unless Rogers seems to be on the pitch, we can't break. That must be frustrating as well. Team. Like it must be fucking. It must be horrible. Like. I want to turn their own 18 yard line. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they, they, they play that sort of stuff in training all the time. They're going to play. They're oh, why? Yeah. You need to expect that. Like, yeah. Uh, like, no, I, I, just like what you were saying, I was talking about that like so, the other day. Like, see what it can train in. We have about a massive squad, or even get that B team, right? And just say to the B team, you just defend on the 18 yard, and we'll play 11 a side game and just attack and try and break down. Like, I'm, I'm not a football coach, but that just seems like a logical thing to do to work out passage of play. You know, to move the ball quick or whatever, to break down like that kind of like in guy like kind of like that blanket defense kind of thing because they, that's they, what plug the difference between yeah between us and that lot they seem to be scraping wins whereas we're a far better team like they would have scored that penalty like last week and won. I don't want to talk about that penalty. I'm still not over. Uh, I'm genuinely <laughs> mean that. Real I genuinely, I'm I'm not joking. Like I, that was fucking bizarre. It was bizarre. Yeah. Jacob Marcus first penalty for Celtic. I mean, it's a penalty that's going to take it to the top of the table. It's not just like Juranovic scored two penalties. He scored two thunder passes of a penalty. Yeah. I mean, like, no one would have stopped those, those penalties. Even if he misses that, you can turn around and say, right, he's hit the last two penalties and he was successful. Jacob Marcus would have under a lot of pride. I can't believe I have his name nailed, by the way. It's good. <laughs> Jacob Marcus. Call him the Greek until about three days ago. That's what I said, Tom. I think someone like him, though, if you're going to play him, you have to play. I think you have to play him with two because I don't think he's good enough to play individual. I don't think he's going to run break yeah. channels for you. I don't think he's don't think he's going to get him behind his first touch. Isn't he that great? He looks like a decent enough hold up player. And he can, he's he's obviously going to be a big he's a big physical laddie. Like he'll be a yeah. presence in there, so you can <coughs> you can play one of them. You probably got to make into a partnership there. But um, I think in the meantime, if he ever comes on and he's on his Todd, if he comes on for a cool goal. I think he's going to look a bit limited and a bit lost, especially in direct comparison. If you're only comparing him against a guy that's just went off that generally week in, week out, puts in a nonsense performance. Oh, I think he's got better since he's died this year blonde. But, uh, oh, he's exceptional. But, aye, uh, what a we're, player. We're just his movement, his movement, his vision, his understanding. You see that, that first half when they never played, you just, you miss his movement. He's just, he runs across the back line. But, to be fair, one thing that I think that we have showed up, I noticed this at the weekend, was the fact that there's a much better understanding, even if it's Welsh and uh, Carter Vickers, or if it's, <coughs> excuse me, I'm absolutely choked with this cold, or um, if Starfield's playing, who I still didn't overlay it. I think he's definitely coming to a game. He's getting stronger, uh, but there's defensive weaknesses there. But um, fair play to the lad, he's definitely improved. But the good thing for me is that they're, they're, they're a lot closer. They're in sync. They're talking to each other. I think a lot yep. of that comes from heart. He's speaking to them when one is to step out. They're covering. When the ball's going across, they're moving in a pattern. There's different problems. They still kind of cope with a long ball. They're, they're conceding really, really weak balls at the back post. And I don't know if that's just a situation in the inability to be able to communicate in the box and pick players up. But generally... I think it's just a switch off. Forward. They do switch off. It's probably just a lack of concentration. But they, for me, there's two things. One, they have to be able to read balls better and, and wake up when danger comes in. Because if you play against a better team, you get battered. And two... I think Hart's been a great sign. I think generally he's been really good. But he needs to know how to come off his line. I think he stays rooted to his line too much. There's so much he could pick up, come and dominate his box. But I think there's a nucleus there. I just think if we if we can get in a decent centre-half, like we've got Julian coming back. I don't and, think he's um, the answer to our prayers. I, I don't think he's answered as well. But I think you need, to have, you need to have pressure on players. You need to have them thinking that they're not going to be playing every week. Then you kind of can place into keeping it. But I, I agree... As well, to be fair, to be fair, and the last season, you have a few players there who played under Lennon. Um, I think I'm excited to see Julian come back to see what way he fits back into a team. He's a different type of player. He's a different type of defender. I hope he comes back a wee bit heavier, a wee bit bulkier, a wee bit stronger. I think he definitely lacks a wee bit of that. We spoke about that before. Do you know what? Though? Yeah. The the biggest thing for me is what what I'm happy about most is that you have eleven players. You have even. Sub a sub bench who actually want to play for Celtic. There's no, there's no more of these fucking these these idiots who think that they're fucking world class who believe that they're bigger in that club. Like you can see, even the way they're playing football, you, you see when they're scoring a goal, the players are just together. They get it. They see in the after the game celebrations. They're going straight over to the crowd. I'm loving, I'm loving the fact that you know they're showing up and they're they're every game they're fucking. 
They're just they're, they're wanting to win. They're all yeah. right. No, I mean, I agree just... with that. I, th- I just think a big problem for, for for me. I agree with what you're saying that we've got players that want to beat the club. Poster Coglu's clearly an infectious character. I'm guessing he's a, a quite a good man manager. I've already seen improvements in certain players that I thought had limitations. Prime example is Ralston. I mean, he's transformed into a player. Exactly. But there's players across the park. He's clearly improved. Trying to work different systems. You can see what he's trying to do in training. There's a higher intensity. There's a higher motivation. They're constantly on it. They look fitter. There's definitely improvements here. But we need to work on the squad in general. You can't have a situation where you've got a fairly decent start living and an utterly shit bench. Like yeah, that's that's my big to... thing as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we we've got a, a weak you know weak squad. I think I, like even like say last week in Hungary when the front three came off, the difference. In the second Mercy. front three, that was just like the pace in the game was just night and day, like going <laughs> forward. Like there was a, there was a couple of breakaway chances in maybe the last 15, 20 minutes last Thursday. And if the original front three were on, it would have been a goal. Like you just knew it would have been yeah. a goal because teams couldn't live with them. Whereas Mikey Johnson tried to beat a man and beat him again and then go inside. Forrest isn't fit enough. And then Jack and Marcus, his, his best thing is that that free kick he won the 94th minute. That was brilliant. <laughs> he thought I was brilliant. It was. It's very good. <laughs> What's what they also another good thing is is the gen, the January transfer window is not too far away and if you if certain rumors will be believed there's a couple of players that Anz already has lined up I'm excited to see who he brings in if it, if it's anyone the same caliber as Kyogo fuck me like, how do we get <laughs> but if he's allowed to I mean his own players in, I, he I think we got any we wouldn't have got Kyogo exactly we did not or Jaw we did not sign uh, or certainly sorry uh, Post Kyogo did not sign James McCarthy. And put him on a four-year oh, contract. Oh, chance, like it's an absolute joke. And there's certain players that he clearly doesn't fancy. There's certain players that aren't fit. Now, I understand if he's having numbers, if it's true to be believed, he's we ramble in the media about not getting game time. That's a fair point. He's kind of be expected to be completely fit and at it if he's only playing a, a few minutes here, there, and everywhere sporadically. But he's clearly no fancied. He's had various different issues with his fitness over the years, and he's always been injuries. injuries. He was a decent player five, six years ago, and it was not the answer. On a four-year deal, madness. But it's stupid, you need to be able to back. You need to be able to back the manager, give him a scouting system, and afford him the opportunity to, to identify players. I mean, he's been around the block long enough. This is a guy that's managed at a really good level. The ignorance towards him when he came in was a joke. I mean, he 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 took Australia to the World Cup. He won them the Asian Cup. He's managed in Japan. He's seen serious, serious players. If he can identify players. And he knows the type of player he wants to come in. He always talks about this. He says, "I like the one comment I always like is he says, I don't just want a good player in. I want a good person in. Because I need to be able to fit into the changing room. And I think if you afford him the opportunity and give him the resources to bring in the right high calibre player with the right mentality, you've got, you, I, I think so, like you go to potential another level. Um, the good thing is we're in Europe after Christmas. I don't think personally it's going to be in the Europa League. I hope it is. Whoa, whoa. But I don't, I don't, no, I'm just being honest. Um, To go over to to Germany and win is a huge feat. And let's be totally honest, you can say all you want, or we could go and get a draw and we could take it to the last game. We need a win over there. That's a big, big ask. Um, I I think we're capable of beating Betis at home, right enough. Um, Oh, 100%. uh, But but if we do, I'm not that bothered. It's his first season. Listen, I would have taken taken football after Christmas. I'm not that bothered. Still playing in it. Still playing, getting European football under our belt. It's going to develop the players. And you've got... Yeah, I just think that you've got the nucleus area, a decent team, and given the right resources, support the man. And and by the way, Gilmy's on background team. I mean, there's still fundamentally loads of issues. I mean, he's a break, but like, he's the guy's doing a good job. It's his first year. I wasn't actually expecting that much, and I was never going to be advocating. Even if we lost the last five, I wouldn't be saying get him out. He needs time, but he's clearly he knows what he's doing. He's, yeah. As I says, he's been around the block. He knows how to identify a player. He's certainly seen different players that he thinks he could bring in. And if he's getting the money and resources, go and get three or four players, try and protect the majority of the squad you've got, get rid of a couple of the bits of driftwood. And then I just think we kick on in the second half of the season and batter them, blow teams away. I know I can be the ultimate optimist and maybe you think it's honest. And you know what I'm going to say here? I am not I am not counting us out getting the result against Leverkusen. I know, and 100% is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I'm hell. I'm we're gonna go and do them out four or five. No, on a serious note, at least no positive that he thinks we're going to win the Champions League when we're in the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey and I don't rule it out. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, 
I don't want to sound like the ultimate fucking optimist. To be fair, I watched them. I watched Leverkusen at the weekend. Listen, they're a fantastic team. There is no doubt about it. Serious, serious talent. I think with a with a, our strongest possible eleven, we'll give them a good game. We'll give it a good goal. We've nothing to lose. I think we'll score. Like you said, we've got the, we've got the, your the is, you, guarantee after Christmas. See, see, for me, right, the only downside. This is only my personal opinion. I don't know if you agree. You can't play inverted fullbacks against teams of that level of quality. No, no disrespect no, to no, no, no disrespect to Ralston. Uh, but he does still have limitations. Now, when he played on one and Montgomery played another, they were on the halfway line when they broke. Frank Pong gave him a torrid game. He, he got tortured. You yeah. like, you have to be able to recognise the qualities of another team. And if that quality is pace, you need to be able to step off and play in your solid formation at a back four. You can't be coming inside trying to set up play in the middle of the park and they're running behind you. It, like We got caught <coughs> so many times that night. I think if you do that over there, you'll get battered. If he was a wee bit more pragmatic, and Rogers tried to do it as well. Rogers was claiming, oh, we'll go to the Yeah, we'll play against whoever. Went over to Paris, got battered. Played against Barcelona, battered. Played against various different teams, battered. We've, we've done this in the past with consecutive different managers. There needs to be some degree of practical reality. And I have no problem in saying if some of the players that we have in certain positions have practical limitations, play to their strengths. <clears throat> Listen, we've done it under striking for years. Yeah. We had Naylor and Telfar, and we were getting results in the Champions League to the stage we got to the last 16. And that team, and was, no. we'll, we'll <coughs> I would have nine players in that team. I'd have nine players <laughs> playing like five at the back over there, playing three centre backs and playing two full backs. To be honest, for me, the we'll bigger game. You know, the bigger game for me that weekend is Aberdeen at home. That's a bigger game on the Sunday. So. Already oh, here, got, listen, already every, every game at this stage, I think, is massive. Oh, we can't you know, it doesn't, no matter the hunt, a million percent, mate. You know, but every game for me, every game for me is is so fucking very important. Honestly, honest to God, like, you know, I watched Leverkusen at the weekend. They drew one each with Hertha Berlin, who aren't the best of sides. Different, I know it's completely different league games and Europa League games. With Nam to lose, if we play, if we have our strongest 11, I'm not counting on so getting the result, I'm putting it out there. I, I'm going to have a cheeky fire on and fuck it. I do agree with you. The problem I have is that you, for me, I would just go completely and utterly resolute and make sure we don't lose a goal in the first half. If right, we can see two goals against you... Ferenc Faros, we're going to concede against Barrel Leverkusen. That's be completely yeah, honest. Right. So if, if you go in, if you go in at half time and if you go in at half time <laughs> scratch, then <laughs> then you've got a chance. You can't just play this gung ho football. They score three, we score four. Like, ah, it's okay, it's entertaining, it's alright to watch at times. But there has to be some degree of realism. Like, if you're going to go away in Europe to Germany, which is a tougher place to go, irrespective of the opposition, you need to be thinking, right, how are we going to be able to game manage this? How are we going to be able to come away with a result here? And I would far rather come away with a 1-1 than come away getting spanked, having to try and play a really expansive football. With all due respect, Celtic should be playing decent football, but if you didn't sometimes have the players to match players like for like, you get caught out at that level. And there's no shame in that. We could speak exactly. about this until we're blue in the face. There's no way Posta Cogley is going to go out there and play any any differently. I'm not even asking, but I'm not actually asking for that much. I, I'm, I, I just didn't want invented fullbacks. Play that in the league. Too. Play that again when, when you can over. I, I get his idea, right? He's trying to overload the middle, and when you've always got that third man run, so then you can split yeah. the two. I totally get it. And every yeah. single time he's looking for an overlap. He's improved their fitness to be able to accommodate that system. Yeah. And I get the system, it works. Because every single time you look at the crosses we're getting in the box, or when we play the twos and one drops off the shoulder, there's always that run through the back. You look at Jota's goal with Kyogo, you look at Ralston and so on and so forth. The system yeah. works. But yeah. if you play against better players, just understand their limitations and play yeah. a flat back four. There's I'd play 4-2-3-1. I'd play 2 from the back four, play a three. Play Aye, to defend them. And if you've got to overload play... the middle of the pack, Exactly. Exactly. When the other team's in possession, our fullback should actually be him. You should. You need to keep a solid line. Yeah, you should be back in the back four. Exactly. Get back in shape. You seen it against Barras, didn't he? Ralston was just exposed all the time down that right side. Yeah. To be fair to him, that night, Charlie didn't give him a, a, a much of a hand that night, but nah. Yeah. But it's a game there that we need to go out. We need to get some form of results. So, fuck it. Attack, attack, at Goldford. No, but... 3-0. No, on a serious note, <clears throat> like, you know, even... The, we've got, like I say, European football after Christmas. That's a bonus. To be fair, I actually don't give a fiddler's fuck about that. It's all about the league. Um, 
but the Conference League it's sort to be sort of be participating in and give it a good crack and we're going to win it obviously but you know joking aside it literally is all about the league we get in the league we win it the is. league this season and it, it's looking 95% certain that we're going to go straight into the Champions League that, that opportunity has not arisen for an absolute number of years and if we, Huge. we we've already we've already squandered this financial sort of landslide that we had on that mob and I didn't really want to dwell on them but the financial mismanagement of our board the, the deliberate downsizing the way that they've oversaw just an absolute grotesque mismanagement of our resources we mm. made £114 million at the time comparable to them making £4.7 million. and we squandered a lead whereby we'd won 12 trophies on the bounce battered them domestically but still never particularly made a dent in Europe identified players that Rodgers wanted wasn't able to get in predominantly your players like Cascani guys like that who went for silly money to Leicester there's different players he wanted to bring in to take us to another level and I think given that given the resources but if I'm, I'm not defending what he done the way he went was deplorable but you can clearly see he was on the cusp of making a serious serious team and I think two or three other players to that team you could have then potentially done some maybe say in the Europa League but the fact that we've been able to essentially squander that money, that gap should never have got to where it is now, ever. It's absolutely unex- it's just unexcusable. But if we win the league this season and you get that forty million for Champions League, it's a game changer. You can't have a situation where they've got that because then you're chasing their tail. You say like the the, the be all and end all this season is win the league. If we got to a situation where we had crunch games in the league and we were playing conference the uh, conference league on the Thursday, I'd be saying, listen, play your under nineteens if you want. Then he'd be picking up yeah, injuries going on the Sunday. It's massive this season. Absolutely. Like, that's, that's like, you know, see if, if it wasn't the Champions League, it's like, there'd be so much, everyone be like, not, everyone's kind of happy enough with Ange, but everyone be like, like, just see how this season goes and have a proper go like next season, even if we don't win the league, you know, bridging that yeah. 20 point thing. But it's just like, it's there's so much riding on this year. It's, just be, ah, the, the league just has, Celtic have to get back into that Champions League second. Yeah, so you end up with the likes of a Yeti walking around the pitch. It's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see who we who we're bringing in generally. Like, if we're playing the way we're That's playing now, we're bringing we'll bring we add another couple Name of players. Boys. We add team. <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> That's the game changer. January is that 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 will basically determine and it will demonstrate to the support if we've got ambitions of supporting them and actually yeah. want to go in and do stuff. Or if we're just content with mediocrity, that's the that's the make or break. This this because in the last instance, he probably didn't have the time nor indeed the resources to pick the kind of players he wanted. I reckon everyone he brought in, I think he was probably that's only my personal opinion. I might be wrong. I think he was probably directly responsible for two or three of them, and I think the rest were essentially given to him or advised them on. But whereas this time, I think he'll be able. Say that again, mate. Who who have we signed? Haas, Juranovic. Yanovich, Hart, Jota, um, Kyoko, Kyoko, Jota, Abada, and McCarthy. Uh, it's not a bad one. If, if you look at um, this this window coming up, I think he'll be planning and preparing for it. I think he's going to be studious. I think he's going to be prepared and can be organised. And hopefully we'll get the business done early, get the players in when we should. Um, no dilly-dally to the last minute. And then just kick on. I would I, imagine I it's definitely a, going to be one from Japan. Oh, I, like, oh, I hopefully, hopefully a few. They're, they're unbelievable. <laughs> Bring them all over. <laughs> fantastic. I said fantastic. it the other day. Kyogo, Kyogo is a joy to watch. He is just a joy to watch. Do you know he's as well? Infectious. I love the fact, I've seen this on Twitter, I love the fact that he's an annoying wee cunt as well. Yeah. See when that goal went in against Dundee, he was straight over the air, man, getting that right in there. I love it. Do you know what's class for me, though? How many players have come to Scotland and really, really struggled, especially on a sort of transitional first season, and just yeah. really, really struggled? One, with the physicality. <clears throat> Two, with just the general tempo. You didn't really get time on the ball. I might at times lack a bit of quality, but you don't get time on the ball. And three, just having a general language barrier. He doesn't speak English. And yet... Have you seen his little translator on the bench? His first, his first sort of 10-15 games, he's been a joke. I mean, generally, you return for really? week in, week out. You know you're getting a top performance. His energy level is the same. His enthusiasm is infectious. His finishing is ridiculous. See, <laughs> I'll ask us a question here. Are you going to say what are you going to say? Hugo or Edward? <laughs> oh, I'm talking... Edward. Right, listen, I'm talking oh, last Edward. season's Edward. Yes, I'm talking about... This is what I'm saying about players who actually want to play for the club. Edward, <laughs> this is only my personal opinion. I didn't think Edward wanted to be there last season. 
for me, Kyogo's work rate is 10 times, 10 times heavier than Edward. The amount of running that boy does. Oh, yeah, you seen that game running. at Dance Park the other day. He didn't. He doesn't stop. He does not. Every he covers every blade of grass. But if he gets, I agree with that. But if he gets five one on ones, he's no guarantee to be scored. If he was more consistent with his finishing, he'd be away next season. You could say that about Edward at times. I'm not saying I do believe Edward. Incredible! Look at what he's doing for now. First two Pulse, seasons, he was a, first two seasons, he was a nonsense. He was 100. I think Kyogo. I think Kyogo only got better. I think he only got better and better. Class, it's, it's I can't wait to see where he where he ends up taking us. Like he is so good. Like that 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 goal against Ferenc Faros, the way he took that first goal was just incredible. Like the, the, the one he needed to score that stayed off the line was was it would have been I was Henrik the way he dinked it off in the keeper if that fullback didn't clear it. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing for me though is you're not buying raw talent. You're not buying an 18, 19 year old lad. That's it. Twenty six. Twenty seven. Seven year old. Like he's 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 done the business. He's, he's an international quality. player. He, he, in, in, like, I know it's only one person's opinion, but the one person was absolutely world class. And Esther raved about him. Mm-hmm. He, he was talking about like his ability and what he was able to do. His runs in behind. He's just a really intelligent football player. But you're not getting a guy that's maybe going to be around Celtic for a year, two years. He could be. I, I could potentially see him staying at Celtic for three, four seasons. Um, because I think he's going probably next year. <laughs> he's, he's enjoying he, he seems like he's enjoying life in Glasgow he's trying to play in English he's, he's doing the right things he obviously has a, a really good rapport with Foster Coglu um, for me the biggest bit of business is you need to get Jota signed that's as simple yeah. as that yeah. uh, he's frightening I mean that that's a guy that that's a guy that fans want to go along and watch he, he's got the sort of talent that you think Jesus you change games like he is he is a serious serious player like I mean like, we've, we've, we've been really lucky the last Five ten years, we've talked about certain players and opposition fans will laugh and say, "Oh, you're talking nonsense." Van Dyke, when he came to Celtic, you could see straight away he's going to the top of the game. Yeah, you thought the same with Dembele. You said the same with Edward. Been really blessed with players that have been able to take like, well, not blessed for us that they could take the step, but they were good enough when they were at Celtic that they could play whatever the level they want. I think that lad in time, I think he'll be playing at an absolute nonsense level. He's a serious, serious player, and he's such a young guy as well. They, and I think the, the problem being is that Celtic will give them a platform and they'll expose them in Europe and if they've got the ability to sign up, do. Uh, but if we do, I don't think you'll be at Celtic for long. Six and a half million is a joke. Like, just get it done. If you can be done yeah, as soon you, as possible, get it done. Like, look at finan- if you even just want to look at it and just yeah, brass tax financially, you sign up for It's a no-brainer. Like, so it doesn't make a plain bit of difference. You're going to make money. If, if you're thinking, is right, we'll sell them in a season or two, you're going to make funny return on them. So, when the league when the yeah. league can back straight away, so like it's just exactly like, yeah. It's a, Cameron, it's Cameron Carter, Cameron Carter Vickers, absolutely as well, isn't he? He's yeah, on long, but he's, he's, he's on but he's on his contract. He's done next summer. They just gave him a yeah. contract to like so to get that I maybe it's an option. Give another year ago, but I, I we could get him for free. I don't know if he's a bit slow, maybe at, at, at your thing, I, level, but he's he's a big bastard. I think he's fucking class. I I do like. I think he's very very good. Like he's just no nonsense. I like that. I, I like that. And I think, I think Starfelt Martin, you mentioned not, not too long ago. I think Starfelt's growing and growing as a player. He's looking more and more confident. Fuck, he get off you a bit of a, bit of a dodgy dodgy start. Like you know, Pierce, you're not his biggest fan. Nah, he's still not for me. Not gonna knock him out, but. Uh... It's not like when Taylor uh, went down injured and I was buzzing against Alkmaar. Like I was actually kind of like slightly <laughs> concerned when he went down injured. I I personally believe that uh, next season neither of them will be starting uh, back two. Vickers and who? Both Starfelt and Vickers. I don't think that they'll be starting. I think that they'll be in the squad. I think they'll be on the bench. But I don't think either of them will be our first choice. I think uh, I think that. Postcog was probably responsible or closer to responsible, certainly for Starfelt. I, I don't know how much say he had in, um, in Carter Vickers, but I, I, I don't think that was an idea. Aye, aye. I, I just think that was a sort of last minute call. You want to go up to sell it, you've got a game for a season. Tottenham had already given him a sort of cushy deal. He knows he's getting his full pay down there. He was getting nowhere near. I mean, he's been on the loan quite a few times now. Um, was he at Bournemouth or something? Aye, uh, he was Bournemouth. at Luton as well. Uh, I think he was on four different loan deals in the time he's been at Tottenham. This would be five. Um, I mean, there's a player in the guy. 
he's big, he's strong enough, he's competent in there, and he is, as you say, a no-nonsense defender. I agree with you, Piers. I think uh, you'd struggle with him in Europe. Sometimes his decision-making is not the best. And the one thing in Europe that's completely different for domestic football is just the pace the teams play it. And um, I think punished. he struggles because he gets, uh, he gets. Uh, if you can pop it about him, the two of them are a bit flat-footed at times. So they play through the lines and you're beat. But uh, and I personally, I don't think that they'll be both. I don't think either of them actually start. I think they'll be the competition next season. Um, I think you'll probably see someone closer to a new back four, maybe Baron Juranovic, um, and possibly, hopefully, a new goalkeeper as well. Not that I'm saying that Hart should be kicked to the goal, but you need like if Hart gets injured, Hi. you're toiling. Bane's on the bench. Some... Bane. Um, Bargas, is there? Hey, he's having time his life. 20, 20 grand away. Donut hands. Laughing, laughing as well. <laughs> did did you ever see that video that was done at home where he was just... Yeah, he did for a save. He, he, he refused to even attempt to dive. He's just uh, taking a piss. He must be having a great laugh. He's, he's never in the squads. He's just... He's obviously like... Yeah, I think before fortune. McGregor, after Brown left and before McGregor signed the new contract, he was the highest paid player at the club for like, you know, a month or two. So... He's having a handy time. He tried to get rid of him in August, and he refused to go. Sure. Well, why would you go for getting that kind of money? Just what a, what a waste of a transfer went that when he got last year. He was five million. Yeah, he was five million. He need, need to get him out somewhere. Like that guy is just an absolute a waste of everyone's time. It, I think he's gone now, isn't he? I think the Dundee United game was, was was the final straw. He's so lazy. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy? It's like quite eye opening. Like. He was talking in the media saying about the fact that he's uh, he's got nothing to prove to fans. He's full of confidence. He's this and he's that because he scored a goal at Parkhead. See when you just literally compare him and contrast him to Yeti, sorry to Kyogo and his movement. Everyone kind of knew anything. Different player. Name day. He just uh, he just doesn't look like he's on it. But God, he's so lazy. Like that for me is the bare basic requirement. If you sometimes lack different elements in your game, you maybe struggle with a first touch, maybe not with the confidence in front of goal, whatever it may be, all these things can be remedied if you work on it enough in training. But the one thing that you need to do on a football pitch for as long as you're on it, if you're a professional player, is give everything. That is that is the that is a basic prerequisite. You should be running your fucking arse off. He is so lazy, it's unbelievable. I'd hate to see a heat map I'm just supposed to stand at the pie counter all day. It's an absolute <laughs> joke. Get him to fuck. You say Jara's heat map you're on it. Uh-huh. Oh, the goat! <laughs> <laughs> I've never got old, what? but it's exciting times. It's just good to be, like I said, it's good again. to see. Yep, good bit of positivity about the club. You have eleven players on the pitch who want to play for the club, who want to be there, who want to keep driving forward. It must be some buzzers, right? And the way, like as, as well, like in a way, Mass the team as well. <laughs> must be some buzz knowing that you know this title means everything to get in there. The Mass that buzz of just. Getting back into the Champions League and getting back to where we we love to be. We'll beat them. We'll beat them on the second, and then it's game on. Um, I'm confident. I am I, very confident about. It. I know I don't I actually think. Fucking... I don't actually think they're going to. <laughs> if we were playing, if we, if we, if we were playing Man City tomorrow, you'd be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I actually can't wait no, to see Rona either Tavernier or the new 25 million fullback Patterson. Apparently, I just want to see Jar run at one of them. The only player I rate in that team that kills me even rating them is your Same man Balligan. Balligan and Davis. I give Davis. Davis is old as fuck. He's ancient. But your I mean, man he's Balligan is decent, decent player. He can pop the bobby, but he doesn't pop the bobby if you put pressure on him. If you play with that high intensity in the midfield and you put somebody just to stick on him, every single time he touches the ball, just get on his touch, get through him, then let him play, squeeze the back line, push them high, and then let them play through the middle. The only thing they ever do, that I think last season, it was maybe they were slightly harder to play against because there was a tiny element of unpredictability. Everyone knows how to play against them now. They get the ball wide. But they've played that way for three years, and we can't. I know we it's... can't be. That's the, the only reason. See if Gerard goes, it doesn't really bother me. I want Michael Beale to go because he's the guy doing all the tactics and the coaching. He's the man. If, if he goes, happy days. Because if I was there, I'd have the job. Genuinely, because I, 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 I want Celtic to step up. I didn't want any excuses. I'm not interested in people saying, oh, you beat them in the first I, I hope we just can get at them this season and absolutely hammer them. There's 11 against 11, we're a better team. There's frailties in our team, but I think on the course, over the 90 minutes, we're a better team. Coming to Celtic Park, 
my prediction is we batter them. I genuinely there'll be probably a lot of goals. The atmosphere, they, the atmosphere of that uh, game is going to be. They'll score. Incredible. They'll score. I fancy it'll be three one. Um, uh, they'll definitely score because we can't nah, but, yeah. we, but more than likely we're going to play them in the, in the cup final. Presume yeah. we beat we'll, 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 we'll Hibs. If we score first, we'll win that game. Um, I think the it'll just be on top of them. It's a totally different atmosphere. There's none yeah. of the mutants in the stadium. You didn't hear them anyway when there's Beautiful. a fan on the corner. But uh, I just think that I just think that if we take the lead against them, they'll crumble. They can't cope with pressure. They genuinely need a referee to bail them out. That's not conspiracy. That's just evidence Fact. over the last season or so. But um, I just think that I just think that they don't have the players or the resources to change the system. If they go behind, they really really struggle. They run out of ideas. And um, well, could you not say devil's advocate? We can't. We've only got one way to play. So. Aye, there's an element of that. I just think we look more dangerous than going forward. That's where the game will be won. I think they'll score against us because there's frailties at the back. I think they'll Dundee sort of exposed that various teams have. Um, I, I, I'm no confident we'll keep a clean sheet in the slightest. But I just well, think going forward, if it's if it's a four against four, we're far better than them. We'll cause a lot if, more problems in them. If you look at that game, if you if you look at the likes of Livingston who sat behind the ball, right? Rangers yeah. aren't going to come and play like that. There's no way they can't come and play like that. You know, well, they've done the same thing out, for the last five games against us. They dominated us in the middle of the park. Middle of and the park. We gave the game up in that's the middle of the park. We, that's yeah. where we need to win the game. That's it. Every that's single a, time they, they, they overload the, the middle, they overload the middle of the park. Yeah, they, they have one runner that bails to break lines, and then they put the ball out and they get across in the box. But I mean, I was watching the exact same game five times in a row. If if you can get in there, you can't have a situation where you play two players of the same. You need. I would. I would put a holding midfielder. You need to have a player that can break up and get the ball back for us. And you need to be able to have a presence and a physicality so you overrun them, but also technically are better than them. And it all comes down to decision-making. If we get the ball quicker and we win the second balls in the middle of the park and we get the ball forward, our wide players and forward line will expose them. Over the 90 minutes, we'll make much more chances than them. And common sense dictates the more chances you create, the more opportunities you have to score. I just think that we've got a better team going forward and that's where the game will be won. I think I can't wait to see Kyogo up against Havanier and Goldson. I think he, we played him out the left. I think with the last time we played them, Balogun. Uh, and and that fear factors went as well for that freak in the goals as well. I don't think he's had a particularly great season. He's not covered to sell in glory. Um, he, yeah, last season, he was formidable. He just the devil he plays against Celtic. Uh, he was getting, I don't know what was happening to him last year. He was getting fingertips to things he should have got nowhere near. He was. He still uh, he did, it, did it in your play last week against Bromby. The guy is a freak. Uh, like, uh, he's, a, he's the best in player. both ways. <laughs> so true, but I can't. I can't wait to see Kyogo play for the middle. Jota, Jota against Ah. He's wasted out wide. You can't play him. Ah, he is. You seen the difference even in that game when they beat us. You seen the difference yeah. when he played through the middle? I, can't, I, I am literally buzzing for that game. That's going to be incredible to you, like. Really Controversial. Podcast we do. Controversial. I would I would not play a badder in that game. No, Forrest. not at all. Forrest, 100%. I think, he, I, I, I think he's too weak. I think in big occasions like that, and understandable, he's only a lad, he's 19. I just think oh, he shies away, away for the responsibility. He struggles to beat his man and isolate him one-on-one. Even the other night, I didn't really think he was at in the game, but his finish was fantastic. Oh, it was a, uh, a nonsense finish. But well, I think um, if you if you play Forrest in there, I think he beats his man nine times out of ten. He's got the speed, he's got the ability to break lines, but he he's, he gives you an outlet. So the two, they'll have to then think, right, how do we curtail their pace? So then you then hem in their fullbacks. And when they don't have an overload, they've got no one to play through the middle out wide team. So I think it just changes the dynamic. If you know you've got two fast players running at you with Kyogo splitting lines and, and run, literally running the gaps of the defence, pulling them over the fucking place, yep. I think that gives them sleepless nights. Yep. You would have to curtail the way that you play. And as you say, I, did, I just don't see them, one, having the resolution or two, having the ability to play hemmed in for 90 minutes. One way or another, if it's a game of chess, I just didn't see us getting beat for them. And the majority of the games yeah. this season, they've conceded the first goal. If they can see the first goal yeah. against us, I think it's a free throw. They concede the first goal so many times. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And it's just like they switch off. They lose concentration. Yeah. And they're just, they just they just look lackluster. They just look shit. And they look very yeah. lazy and quite unfit. And they've just got some seriously stinking players on their team. 
What's your man called that plays for them? Is it Lumsdale or something? Who the fuck's that guy? He is brutal. Your man. Who the Dunstan? fuck is that guy? <laughs> Who do you call from? Shaffer, you need it. I remember He's when he was there, they were clicking on one of the links and seeing all the tweets, and there was like all Shaffer United fans basically like full on celebrations. He is brutal. He funny. is absolutely brutal. Your man Arfield as well. He is atrocious. Him oh, and that ridiculous celebration, man. He's the mega home. Oh, oh. Fuck. He is a, the, he's like off the scale staunch points. Yeah. He'll he's so staunch, you can't even get a game for Scotland. He's a That's prick. Exactly. <laughs> he's a prick. It's Sweet. just been here. It's been good. It's been good getting back in this, lads. It's been good. Right. We need to get a bit of momentum going. The season's turning. The attitude's turning. The mindset's turning. Let's get some top, top, top guests on again. I mean, last season, considering the first, it was the first time we had a kick at the boy at some of the guests we got on, by the way, is a nonsense. I mean, well, I don't know if you, seven, I don't know if you ten thousand listeners are understanding this. We actually got Michael yeah. Conlon on. I'm going home tomorrow, so you won't see me. I'm back. <laughs> you, are coming back to watch the Mary Ireland, the Mary Sheen and Duffy. Yeah, get beaten by actually. I wouldn't be surprised if we got result on Thursday. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you, bitch. Bye. <laughs> I can't believe Ireland's going to beat Portugal. <laughs> And there you go, you heard it here first. Ireland's going to beat Portugal and Sally's ah, going to beat Bayern Leverkusen. None of this is it's getting kept in. Yeah, don't know about that. Keep it in. Keep this in. Sally 2, Bayern Leverkusen 1. Fuck Frimpon and Bernard Higgins. <laughs> but uh, we'll wrap it up, Bernard. Absolutely. Uh, thanks very much, lads. We'll call it a day there. We'll be back with you uh, probably next week and uh, we'll get, some, <laughs> let, get some serious Don't make any promises. No, no, let's make promises. Let's get back on it. I, I loved doing it last season. This season is a different atmosphere. It's a different energy. Let's get cracked right in about it. I mean, some of the... <laughs> uh, How's it going, Dad? Hope you're enjoying us, this episode. <laughs> the only one that's fucking listening to it. Anyway, lads, absolute pleasure as always, chatting, talking all things Celtic. And um, have a good week. And yep. uh, we'll get cracked back into it, hopefully, at the semi final. Hey, how are you, lads? Slant. Cheers, right? Slant. I'm more. Good man. All right.